Hello, and welcome to episode six of uh, Above All, There's Hope, My Journey with Prostate Cancer. Um, so we had actually planned to have an episode with uh, Dr. Carlos Alemani, uh, who is my medical oncologist. However, on the day that we were supposed to record his particular episode, uh, was uh, the day after Hurricane uh, Nicole hit. So everything was in uh, disarray and we were not able to record it. Uh, we will reschedule and, and let you know. Um, so we're going to go on with uh, this particular episode and, um, and uh, oh, I mixed up. And it's episode six, e- episode, and, and I'm calling it, it's just semantics, cancer with a little c. Um, over time, I guess, cancer is, has been referred to as the big C, uh, which of course is a use, euphemism for cancer, right? Um, and uh, I just learned that it's, there's a, a, a streaming show where a woman learns that uh, her cancer is no longer in remission and it's terminal. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't sound like anything I would want to see, but I've, I've read that it's gotten some good reviews. I guess it kind of hits a little too close to home. Um, h- however, uh, I think the... Uh, Things have changed uh, as, it, as it goes on. And I was actually reading an article that I'll, I'll post a link on our website uh, called From the Big C to Cancer. And that was uh, actually written in, um, in 2018 uh, where, uh, because it was re- referred to, cancer was fer- referred to as the Big C or, um, you know, it was whispered, oh, he's got the cancer or uh, something like that. Uh, I think maybe even the uh, olden days, they called it consumption. Um, but it was just uh, uh, just something that was um, not really spoken out loud about. Uh, and, and so uh, that's one of the things that we're doing, and we're doing it uh, as... Um, uh, as it refers to uh, prostate cancer. So, um, as I've said in, in various episodes, I'm, I've been living with prostate cancer for, for about 10 years now. Um, and so as I've come to kind of come to terms with my particular disease, if you can do that, prostate cancer, um, I, I decided actually n- whenever I write it, out, I don't capitalize the C in cancer. So even if it starts with a sentence or, you know, people would refer to it as big C, uh, the big C, um, I don't capitalize it at, at any point uh, in, in when I write about it. Um, because to me, if I, if I keep it in the lowercase, and this is just, this is just me, um, I don't dignify it or give it any status. It's just, uh, you know, it's just a thing that I have to deal with. Um, and that's kind of the, kind of the way uh, my 
neurologist who discovered the cancer said initially was just view it as a chronic chronic illness um, and and over time we'll have uh, treatments for it and and different different things to treat it and uh, help you manage it and things like that so um, I, I I try not to uh, I, I think it would make me go crazy if I if I uh, dignified it with a, a uppercase C. Uh, so I don't know, Jill. Jill, you said you had a whole bunch of um, uh, y you had some some things that were uh, I guess dissent dissenting uh, things to my talking points. So feel free at any time to to jump in. Um, I'm Jill Johnson, and that's Mark Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did. I did forget about that. Yeah. I apologize. Well, we're still we're still the same people we were on episode five. So yeah, I here we are again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I said, oh, I have a few arguments here, and he said, what do you mean? Well, just the other day, I I said to Mark, when you got diagnosed with prostate cancer we sure didn't know what we were in for we sure didn't know what was to come or what a big deal this was and he said no we did not and so cancer with a big c i i think it's a big c i think it's a big deal i think it's a serious cancer and 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 people would say oh well he's only got prostate cancer you know that's that's no big deal he won't die from it but I'll tell you, it's it's a big deal to me. It it is, and that's on that to that point. Um, and you know, I probably said before, I'm I'm just a black and white thinker. I, I I mean, either it is or it isn't. And to me, it's to me, it's cancer. And I think right. And I'm I'm just saying that these are kind of things to yeah. help me help cope. me cope. Yeah, I get that. And and. And even kind of by the same token, I don't like to use the term cancer survivors or survivor. I have um, something to say about that, I'm too. I'm sure you do, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but survivor to me means like uh, that someone has gone to war and, and lived to tell about it or survived a serious car crash or some other uh, catastrophic situation or predicament. Um, and while I know that some people have persevered through chemo or radiation or the pain and suffering that can happen, um, that really hasn't been the case for me uh, so much. I've done radiation, and it was uh, uncomfortable, and uh, it certainly took me off my game. And the, the treatment that I'm, I'm uh, uh, ha having now is, is similar. Um, in in just it kind of takes me off my game, but um, I I prefer to say that I'm living with cancer, and that would be a capital L for living and a little C for <laughs> cancer. So okay. Um, this, oh, so okay. So uh, Jill, you have the floor. <laughs> survivor. Oh, you have the mic. Um, Mark Johnson, you are a survivor, and <laughs> you know. He probably doesn't think of himself like that, and obviously he doesn't, and I really didn't know he didn't think of himself that way, but I think of him that way. He is a survivor. He's 
he's done an amazing job surviving this prostate cancer. He's he's worked the whole time, even through radiation. He continued to work and and um, yeah, I think that's why I say living uh-huh. with with yeah. cancer. Oh, you're definitely living yeah. large with cancer right. and with a capital L. Yeah, LL living <laughs> large with the little C. Um, but as a survivor, and I also feel like I am a survivor. I am surviving my husband's prostate cancer. And um, it's, it's about like going to war. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that it's going to war. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, um, yeah. At least for me, again, this is just for me. Um, war is a lot worse in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, y- you know, and the other thing that I think that's happened is uh, that people would use the word strong in connection with their their names, like Johnson Strong. Um, and I don't think that there's necessarily anything uh, inherently wrong with that, but I think at this point it's... Um, it's been overused to the point of where it's kind of cliche uh, to use it or say it. Uh, although, although again, and and this may be controversial um, because I know a lot of people are uh, suffering through cancer, but that's that's kind of the reason why. Um, and and I, I do acknowledge that cancer is a bat- battle for some. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, it's it's an insidious disease, disease, and I've had way too many close friends suffer and ultimately pass away from various forms of, of cancer. Uh, and for many, it can be a, a battle that uh, will ultimately be lost. Um, and uh, so to me, and again, this is this is me, uh, the best thing that I can do or say, and it's it's the words that we close each podcast with, is um, be strong and persevere. Yeah. Uh, and I th- I think that 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 that's probably the most uh, appropriate thing to say when and I and actually I I mean I really. I really thought about this um, for a long time uh, because, uh, as I as I mentioned, survivors never really sat well with me, and I always thought of something that I could say to somebody who is um, going through cancer uh, in any f- form, it, and and uh, acknowledging that in many in many cases, cancer is is a terminal disease, and uh, and all you can do uh, at that point is to is to be strong and persevere. Um, so so that's kind of why I I came up with with that, and and I've said that to uh, friends. I have f- literally. Uh, I was at some neighbor's house the other night, and we called it the cancer block. And and uh, 
<laughs> next door neighbors and neighbors uh, next next door all have some kind of uh, had or have some kind of cancer. Uh, so she called it uh, she called it the cancer block. Yeah. Um, wow. I know. Uh, but again, that's kind of why I like to say living with cancer because everybody's thriving um, and they're living living well. Uh, so um, that's kind of where I, I, I'm at on on this. Um, I don't know, Jill. What do you? Well, I'll just what make one more argument. Argue away. <laughs> um, Johnson Strong. So I feel like I'm Jill Johnson Strong, and some days I'm not. Uh, I want to be Johnson Strong, and some days it just feels like just getting beat up the other day we got a oh some news from one of mark's doctors with some suspicions and i came home and got on the couch and i took a long nap and then i woke up and ate my lunch and i went back on the couch and took another long nap then i went and got in my bed at eight o'clock that night and slept all night until morning got up in the morning and took another nap and so johnson jill johnson strong was not really very strong that day and now today i'm like i'm gonna get up and live another day and um so you know cancer cancer has a way i I don't have cancer but just um contrary to everything mark has said just for me, fighting this cancer with him, it is a battle, and it's it's emotional, it's mental, it's actually physical. Um, it's very physical. It's spiritual, and so um, yeah, I want to be Jill Johnson, strong and mighty. <laughs> <laughs> Jill Johnson strong, well, strong and mighty. Please. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Jill Johnson strong and mighty. I yeah. think I think we all have to come up with our own ways in some cases of too coping. of coping uh, and yeah. and uh, internalizing. Sometimes uh, we just have to internalize it. Uh, of course, talking about it and and uh, uh, asking people. You know, uh, who you may know who have had uh, these experiences or anything like that. Um, talking to people, that, that's one thing that, that I learned. Uh, Jill knows me very well, and she knows that I, uh, I don't talk much, and I, don't, and I especially don't talk about myself much. Um, so this podcast is, is a really kind of a... Um, a step outside of my comfort zone uh, doing this. Uh, but I, I always just felt that it was important for me to, um, to do as a way of raising awareness uh, and giving back to the prostate cancer community, to those living with uh, prostate cancer. Yeah. So um, I'm going to change the subject a little bit um so jill did you have anything to kind of add to that no i think we went through the um difference in our personalities that i'm a talker and you're not and i think this 
um, podcast and talking to he's he he talks to a lot of men who have cancer now and he tells his story and I think it's very healing for him and helpful for him to talk about and so um, yeah I I always think that talking about things is yeah. is helpful for me and for the others yeah and that's you know, that's something that I that I will do and I hope to be able to do as a support actually. Um, uh, through the wonders of Facebook, I got a message from an, an old high school classmate, uh, and she said, uh, uh, so-and-so, I'm not going to name any names unless I don't have permission, uh, was recently diagnosed with prostate cancer. You know how you, you always kind of kept in touch with your little, uh, your little cliques or your, your little groups, uh, and they, they had all kind of gone to college together, and s- so they had kept in touch, and, uh, and uh, so she gave me his phone number, and I called him, and, and we talked for a little while, and um, I availed myself to if he has any questions, and I did answer some of his questions in that initial phone call, and I also... <laughs> I volunteered Jill, unbeknownst to her, to speak with his wife if no. uh, if <laughs> if she ever wanted to, uh, if my classmate's wife ever wanted to talk to someone. That's always my pleasure. Regarding the caregiving, yeah. those are the kind of the roles that we've, I think that we've we've taken, taken. in this in this journey. Um, so anyway. Um, Changing the subject a little bit onto a couple of other things. Um, Go ahead, get on your soapbox. Okay, here we are at the soapbox. I have to come <laughs> up with some kind of. Um, I, I have this device that I can play sound effects and, oh, yeah, and things, and that's how I play effect. the intro and outro music. So I should figure out one for the soapbox. Yes, you should. You know, and so maybe I'll do that in a. Um, Future episode. Future episode, correct. Um, I I just like to promote things or talk about things. Uh, so um, as I've said before in, in in these podcasts, I'm a sports fan, and uh, I watch ESPN quite a bit. And sports with a capital S. <laughs> All letters in sports are capitalized. Oh. <laughs> but. Um, ESPN uh, is uh, they're probably it's probably ended or they're ending their uh, their drive for the V Foundation for Cancer Re- Research, and um, uh, the V Foundation for Cancer Research was founded in 1993 by ESPN and uh, Jimmy Valvano, who was a he was a legendary uh, basketball coach, college basketball coach. Um, and uh, since its founding, the V Foundation has awarded over $300 million in cancer research grants in the U.S., Uh, and uh, one of their stated goals is uh, victory over cancer. That's in a lot of their um, uh, marketing or promotional materials. Um, and uh, the other cool thing, and they're, they're also on our listed on our website as as uh, places to donate if you want to. So uh, do they say point. 
victory over cancer, don't give up, don't ever give up? Well, uh, the, the, I guess the goal or the, um, uh, the mission for the V Foundation is, is victory over cancer. And Jim, Jim Valvano was awarded uh, prior to his passing um, a, uh, a very prestigious award from uh, ESPN uh, as, as everyone uh, in the audience knew that he had cancer and he knew that he, he had cancer and he, he had even said that he didn't know how much longer he was going to be around but his message uh, to anyone uh, and everyone uh, dealing with cancer is um, don't give up don't ever give up. So I'd, I'd really encourage, uh, you can Google that actually, uh, V-A-L-V-A-N-O, Jimmy Valvano, um, or, or the, uh, the V Foundation for Cancer Research. And I think his speech, which is pretty powerful, is, is on there. Um, so I think his, his saying, don't give up, don't ever give up, is... Uh, is kind of like mine, uh, the be strong and persevere. Uh, I guess they're kind of like the same thing. Um, but his is, <laughs> is, is better known than mine. But I really encourage people to, uh, uh, to at least check it out. Um, uh, the, 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 the drives, the, f the fundraisers and the drives that they have, uh, are really nice because there's all, all sorts of, um, uh, things that you can you can buy, game worn, um, you know, game worn uh, clothing items or things like that as well, and uh, or just just donate. So uh, uh, so there's that, and uh, and then the other thing that I'd like to say is um, rest in peace to Kirstie Alley who uh, recently passed. Uh, from colon cancer. I know it's not prostate cancer. Women don't have prostates. Um, but uh, this was only shortly after she was diagnosed. So um, it's important for everyone to um, to make sure that they they get checked. Uh, it was a colon cancer, and um, uh, the Fight CRC, which is a national colorectal cancer, uh, cancer advocacy, um, and they raise awareness uh, about the importance of early detection, and... Uh, and it's just like prostate cancer. It's down in the icky zone. Nobody really likes to talk about it. Um, uh, but they state, uh, so you have to do screening. So some kind of testing, again, get checked. Um, but 25% of the people diagnosed with uh, colorectal cancer uh, have a family history. Uh, so they advise that... Uh, anyone with a family history of colorectal cancer should begin screening 10 years before their youngest 
affected relative was diagnosed. Um, and then after initial screening, uh, a colonoscopy is, is probably in line, and they're so much fun. I've had, I've had um, a couple <laughs> uh, just a few months ago, and it was, it was no fun. Uh, but um, uh, you know, every five years, uh, I'm I'm now I'm lucky because they say you don't really need them. I came out clean, uh, so so to speak, I guess clean. <laughs> you were clean, all right. Yeah, I, I was at the end of that process. Um, but after, if you come out clean after uh, age seventy, you don't need it. So by uh, I'm sixty eight now, uh, and so. Uh, I'll turn 70 before the uh, the five years comes. So, um, uh, and and the American Cancer Society uh, recommends that adults 45 and older should get regular um, colon cancer screenings, and that would be either through uh, stool analysis or colonoscopies. Um, I can go through the uh, symptoms of colon cancer. If Jill, do we think that that's necessary here? <laughs> Again, um, kind of icky zone things, but yeah, uh, you, you could. Okay. Uh, well, because they even when you have pro prostate cancer, they want to do your colonoscopies. Right. Right. Uh, so okay, some of the symptoms would be. Uh, like a change in bowel movements, uh, which would include increased diarrhea, rectal bleeding, dark stools, unexpected weight loss, cramping, and excess fi fatigue. Um, so if you're experiencing that and you're, uh, then it's probably... Um, Time for a colonoscopy. Right. <laughs> uh, um, and and uh, interestingly enough, it's, uh, colorectal colon cancer is more prevalent in women than it than it is in men, but not my much. And I've I've had some some good male friends uh, pass away from from colon cancer. Yeah. So um, uh, as usual, Jill will have the last word in this episode. Um, but then, actually, I want to say a couple things after her. Okay. So, uh, Jill? Well, I've had my colonoscopies. I've had my um, mammograms. I think the colonoscopy is quite pleasant. It's the prep that... <laughs> <laughs> it's the prep that kills you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it doesn't kill you, but it. Uh, yeah. It's, oh, it's rough. I, one of the colonoscopies <laughs> that I I had, I had to have two in in fairly rapid succession. Succession was in the hospital, and I, I had had some um, bleeding, and uh, and they couldn't really find out where I was bleeding from. They suspected it was. Uh, they ruled out hemorrhoids from almost the get-go, and they suspected that it was... Uh, I also have diverticulitis, and they suspected it was that, but the only way they could really be certain is to do a, um, a colonoscopy. And so uh, it, I, I, I had gone to emergency 
with Jill, and she sat with me for um, an extended period of time until I, I said, hey, maybe you should go home because I'm going to be here for a while, it looks like. Um, so uh, they finally scheduled a, a, a colonoscopy for me. And during the, the day, day and a half that I was in the, in the hospital, you know, the, the nurses come in seemingly every five minutes to check on your vitals and make sure you're okay and, and uh, things like that. But when it's time for your, <laughs> your colonoscopy prep, they come in <laughs> and they, they give you the stuff and they are gone. <laughs> and they go, hey, oh, bless you, bless you. They are gone, and they go, okay, here's your stuff. See you later. And, um, and it, was a, it was a horrible experience because you're all by yourself at that point, and uh, every five minutes you're going back and forth to the bathroom. And, and uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually happy, though, finally. Bless Uh-oh. you again. Here I uh, go on my sneezing, Jack. Yeah. They... Um, they uh, they first, I was in emergency and just one of the little kind of cubicle things in emergency. And then they put me in an in emergency observation room. But I still had to go, when I had to go to the restroom, I still had to go out and down the hall. And finally, they gave me a, uh, a private room in the, in the hotel. I was going to say hotel. <laughs> in the hospital. And, and at, at that point, I was certainly thankful for, for that as I was... Uh, but it was not a pleasant experience. Uh, anyway, um, Jill, any anything that you need to? You can call me Jill Johnson Strong and, and mighty. mighty. And the last word I have to say today is, today is a good day for a good day. Yes. Any day this side of the. The grave is a good day a good for day. a good day. Yes. I also want to say that, seriously, if any of you would like prayer, type it in on our website, and we will add you to our prayers. Yes. We believe in a healing God, and um, we will go to him on your behalf. Is that all you have to say? I think that's all I have oh, to okay. say. okay. So, um, unless we can get a schedule with uh, Dr. Alamani, the next episode, and this is one that's near and dear to Jill's heart, and so she'll probably be the one driving, uh, is, uh, I'm calling it spousal support, uh, the caregiver. Um, uh, so she's going to really, uh, I think this will be a good one for, for uh, any caregivers, uh, that are in this audience to uh, to listen to, and as well, uh, again, uh, the people live or living with uh, prostate cancer. Um, so, due to the holidays, uh, this we're in the the month of December now, and the hurricane. Uh, we were only to, able to record one episode in November, and we're just going to do one. Uh, for December, December, unless, unless uh, it's just kind of crazy and kind of busy, we may get another one in, but I'm not going to guarantee it. 
so I, I wanted to say um, to everybody, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Next Year. Next Year, that's what you say, yes. That's what I say. Yeah. So, um, please, everyone, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, be strong and persevere. God bless you.